Don't y'all run off now. If uh, if you have, if you did not get a bulletin, I have some more. Does everybody have one? That will uh, tell you a little more about the Gideons. Some of the information uh, may be outdated a little bit, but the concept's the same. And uh, it'll uh, tell you about how you can give if you wasn't prepared to do that today. So uh, don't be shocked by the volume of material I have. Uh, I'll be sure you can make it to Shoney's before the Baptists get there. So I'm going to speak to you on two things. We'll speak to you about the Gideons, and then we'll bring you a brief salvation message as well uh, with the Lord's help. So... Here we go. Okay, after over 120 years, we can report that the Gideons have distributed over 2 billion, with a B, scriptures in 100 languages and 200 countries. This could only have happened with your generous support down through the years, faithful people and churches giving on a regular basis. A big thanks to the church for allowing us to come and share the Gideon message of putting the Word of God in the hands of men, women, boys, and girls in the traffic lane of life. Before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this time that we're able to spend. Thank you again for the church allowing us to come. God, I pray that you'd guard our words, that what we'd say would be what God would want us to say. We might be an encouragement and a blessing to these, your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So some people say, occasionally I do run into people who don't know who we are. Who is the Gideons? We're an association of professional business Christian men and women, nearly 250,000 worldwide, who endeavor to follow the Lord in their daily lives while witnessing to the lost and meeting for prayer breakfast, as well as a monthly meeting where all the churches in this area we pray for. We also meet to conduct business monthly and to take prayer requests. As Brother Frank was uh, doing a few minutes ago, reminded me of every Saturday morning at 7.15 at Bob Evans in Canal City. That's where the Gideons meet, those that are able to come. <clears throat> and we take prayer requests and we pray for the churches. So we have a sort of a revolving <clears throat> way to where we can, in the course of a year, Brother Kenny, we can be sure every church that's in the area that we service that we can ask God to <clears throat> bless them. <clears throat> okay, we have distributed to most of the schools in May. Unfortunately, sad to say, but in the land of the free and the home of the brave, every school will not allow us in. It's typically... Uh, the administration at that particular school that refuses to allow us to come. That's an area of prayer concern that you can help us. We'll also be placing Bibles in motels. We typically do that in September. That would be those at the exit 95 at Canal City. There's several there on both sides of McCorkle Avenue. Then we go to Montrose exit in South Charleston. 
and we get those motels. Also, the hospitals we do. Uh, we do CMAC Memorial because that's in our service area. There's another group that does downtown uh, general and also <clears throat> does uh, the northern end of, of town. We also, uh, the auxiliary, which is the ladies' portion of the Gideons, uh, they visit the uh, attorney's offices, doctors, veterinary clinics, domestic shelters, and they also pray uh, for the men. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I spend. Acts 1, 8 says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. Nearly every day, in our Nashville office, we receive testimonies of how God has changed lives by the power of his word. And here's the way I like to say it. It was in the right place at the right time. I will share just a few with you today, some from this area as well as all around the world. We have a Gideon, Wayne and Connie Stanley in the Clarksburg area. So in the fall, they were out hunting. Fortunately, both of them got a deer early. So they go to the processing plant and they meet this couple that owned the processing plant. She began to talk to the lady. He began to talk to the man. So when they left there, they not only had two deers processed, they had two people got saved, Brother Kenny, because they used, this is called the uh, personal worker's testament. This is what we give out as Gideons. All these testaments are exactly the same except the cover. But in the back is God's plan of salvation. So anybody that wasn't even familiar with the scripture could take this and by the direction of the Holy Spirit could go through, sometimes we refer to the Roman road. God loves you, all are sinners. God's remedy for sin, all may be saved. And on this back page, it says, my decision to receive Christ as my Savior. Confessing to God I'm a sinner, believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised for my justification, I do now receive and confess him as my personal Savior. And there's a place there for their signature and their date. I had a friend that I just met a few years ago. I believe it was in 17. He was from our area, but had uh, went to Indiana uh, and was there pretty much all his working life. Well, he came back to the area, and he grew up with my pastor, so he came to visit our church. So I inquired about him, and I would go visit him. He lived in a little camper uh, at Witcher, where I live. <clears throat> so after several visits, I... Uh, took the testament and I went through the plan of salvation. His name was Donnie Young and he refused to sign. He was not uh, he was not a total reject so to speak but he did not accept it at that time. But he took the testament and uh, some time passed and it was April the 1st 2018 that was sunrise service. 
for that year, Easter Sunday. I looked around just after the service started and Donnie came in uh, the church service. Afterwards, he came to me and he gave me and read me this testament that I had gave him. I looked on the back page, Brother Frank, he had signed his name. And guess what the date was? That day, early that morning, undoubtedly, 4-1-2018. I'll never forget. God's word will not return void, but he'll accomplish what he sent. We have a Gideon from our church that's also a nurse. So we'd gotten a prayer request for someone to visit a lady that came from out of town. It was actually from my pastor's daughter and son-in-law. He's a pastor out in Virginia. She came for treatment for cancer. And uh, they said she was not saved. Well, <clears throat> Brother Tim Eastep, the Gideon, was the nurse. When he went in to inquire of her, he knowed where to find the Bible right there in the drawer in the hospital room. And that lady got saved because somebody was faithful to buy a Bible. The Gideon was faithful to put it in the drawer. And the nurse was able to have access. It's the Word of God, the Spirit of God that does the work. It's not us individually. We're just a tool that God can use. Let me give you one more. And I'm, I may have gave this to you the last time I was here. But uh, I guess because I was in the military, it kind of has a special place in my heart. <clears throat> I understand this young man was from Cabell County and uh, he was over in the Middle East uh, and his mother was concerned when he was uh, deployed there because she said he was not right with God. So after a period of time, she got the news that all mothers would dread to receive. She got word that he was killed in combat. So some time passed, a few weeks later, she got his personal belongings. And amongst them was this New Testament, just like this one. She looks in the back, and he has signed his name. The amazing part is the date. It was the day prior to his being killed in combat. The Word of God will not return void. There's ways you can help the Gideons. First and foremost, we need your prayers. And it appears like this church is a praying church as I listen taking the prayer request. And we need not just to take that for granted. We need new members. Our average age, like myself in the 70s, most of our people are um, even some in their 80s. There may be somebody here today that said, I'd like to be a part of this work. <clears throat> the Gideon card program is another way that we can receive uh, funds to help buy the scriptures. <clears throat> and we have a thing called a faith fund that we have a goal every year in the state of West Virginia We'll be meeting on uh, July the 12th for a faith fund rally. That goal is $50,000. If 
God never fails to come through. We usually meet or exceed the goal. But here is a uh, Gideon card. Now, the way this works, if you don't have a rack in the church, uh, please let me know so I can furnish you one if you'd be so gracious to allow that to be here. It will have a card for memory. It will have a card for recognition, a card for thanking of you or praying for you. And there's also a way that you could use any card, Hallmark card or something you get without using the getting card. But the way this works is you just fill this out and every Bible you donate is a $5 gift in memory, in recognition, or thinking, or praying for you. That's another way we can get funds to help. We cannot survive without your assistance in giving and praying for us in these challenging times to continue to press forward. Our, uh, our uh, statement is uh, one vision. And I've used this to where I probably need to replace it because it's kind of getting threadbare from where I folded it. So I want to check your eyesight today, everybody. So here's the eye chart. So somebody volunteer and tell me what it says. It is a scripture about vision. Amen. How true that is. I think it's already been mentioned in the service today that our vision's pretty cloudy and even sad to say, even God's people and definitely our nation as a whole we've got our eyes on something other than what uh, we should have, <clears throat> other, than, other than God. One nation under God could even be uh, questionable today. So <clears throat> that's a brief uh, statement about the Gideons. I'll give you a couple more things here and then we'll uh, give you a salvation message. There's a foundation for the Gideons, and I'm going to read some of these things, an uncompromised belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible word and inerrant word of God. These are foundation statements that the Gideons stand on. As a part, as being a part of the Gideon, these are things that you uh, believe and agree to, okay? An intentional focus on the objective of winning others to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the main objective for the Gideons, either by one-on-one -on -one witnessing or by placing the Bible there in a motel room that has about six years' life. We check them every year. If they're soiled or damaged, we replace it. But they, <clears throat> they say that has about a six-year life in a motel room. And that will touch over 2,000 people in that six-year span. So it comes right back to that objective. A membership consisting of business and professional men except clergymen. And also the auxiliary is an integrated part of the association which is comprised of members' wives who meet the same spiritual qualifications. 
We have an ongoing emphasis on the importance of fulfilling seven spiritual objectives. That's men and women of the book, men and women of faith, men and women of prayer, men and women of a separated walk, men and women of a compassionate heart, men and women who witness, men and women who give. Funding for the mission of the association is secured through personal contributions, bequests, church offerings, and through the Gideon Card Bible Program. So you'll have an opportunity at the end of the service uh, to, to give as God would uh, lead you. So our salvation message today, uh, Brother uh, Jim asked me if I had a title, and I, my title would be, Do You Know God's Phone Number? This is the day of technology, and it's moving faster than I even want to think about. Back in the 60s, right after I came home from Vietnam, on the GI Bill, I was able to go to school, and I went to a data processing called Center College in Charleston. Back then, the computer was as big as a room, an average 10 to 12 room. <clears throat> Used them punch cards, and it took this whole area. So now you can have a phone that's multiple times more processing than that carried uh, in your hands. And that really kind of blows my mind. But the <clears throat> Bible says in Isaiah 33, 3, Call unto me, I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let me read you an insert from uh, Charles Spurgeon. God encourages us to pray. They tell us that prayer is a pious exercise which has no influence except upon the mind engaged in it. We know better. Our experience gives the lie a thousand times over to the infidel assertion. Here Jehovah, the living God, distinctly promises to, <clears throat> to the prayer of his servant. Let us call upon him again and admit no doubt upon the question of his hearing us and answering us. He that made the ear, shall he not hear? He that gave parents a love to their children, Will he not listen to the cries of his own sons and daughters? God will answer his plain people in their anguish. He has wonders in store for them. What they have never seen, heard of, dreamed of, he will do for them. He will invent new blessings if needful. He will ramsack sea and land to feed them. He will send every angel out of heaven to secure them if their distress requires it. He will astound us with his grace and make us feel that it was never before done in this fashion. All he asks of us is that we'll call upon him. And I trust that you'll do that. When I begin to think about prayers in the Bible, there's numerous results more than we'd have time to share with you. Uh, let me just give you three or four. I first thought about Moses and how considerate he was after they had made the golden calf and had they sinned against God. 
And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord peradventure. I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and they made them gods of gold. But here is his consideration. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and here's the statement, and if not, blot me out, I pray, out of the book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people <clears throat> unto a place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Judgment will come. Brother Kenny in your Sunday school lesson trying to describe people in their sinful state. All have sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. The great price was paid for our salvation, but it seems today that it's just trampled underfoot. So we have a consideration with Moses, but with Hannah in 1 Samuel 1.10, we have a condition of prayer. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. There shall be no razor come upon his head. I can apply that to my wife and I. She was had polio at 18 months old in 45. We got married in the 60s, and prior to us getting married, we went to see a doctor <clears throat> because of her scoliosis and her polio. wasn't sure if she would be able to carry a baby. So Dr. McClanahan, a lady back then in the 60s. She said, I don't see no why, no reason why you shouldn't be able to have a child. 1968, my son was born in June the 12th, and today he is a father of three children and nine grandchildren. And he is a preacher. He's written music and songs. God is good, folks. And it's not because of anything that me or my wife done. It's the goodness and the grace of God that have you ever been in a condition like Hannah was, not just praying for God to give you a child because if a lady was barren and, and Jewish, that was, that was uh, just terrible if you couldn't have children. But here's Hannah and her condition is is that she was in bitterness of soul 
and prayed unto the Lord. Maybe that's the condition that you and I need to be in for our nation, for our family. Probably everybody sitting here either has somebody in your family or knows someone that has a drug addiction. It is rampant. It is worse than I would even want to, uh, to think about. But it's, it's something, and we as God's children, are we like Hannah? Are we in that condition that we're asking God to intervene? Then Daniel, he was consistent. Even after the decree of the king that said you're not allowed to pray to any except this image, Daniel 6.10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, in other words, it's against the law, and it's more than putting you in prison, it's a death sentence. He went into his house, and with his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. The decree did not change. He was consistent. I look at myself. How consistent are we? The Bible teaches to pray morning, noon, and night. Do we pray just when we have a bad situation like a spare tire? Or are we consistent to call on God? My pastor's wife mentioned here a few years back she had prayed for her sister's husband 40-some years. He got saved. Are we consistent? Are we just, when we're having a bad day, we call out to God? We need to call on him consistently. Then the last one we'll share with you today is Peter in Acts 12.1. Now, they've already killed James, and they've arrested Peter, so he's probably on the chopping block uh, in the next day or two. But in the uh, Acts 12, 11, you'll see that he's very confused. When Peter was come to himself, this is after the angel showed up. He's chained between two guards. He's in the innermost prison. When he comes to himself, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where they were together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the door for gladness, but she ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Here's the clincher right here. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. They're praying for Peter to get out of jail. But then when God does it, they said, You're mad. She confirmed that it was even so. Then they said, Well, it's an angel. But Peter continued knocking, 
And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. When we pray, do we expect an answer? Do we think God can do impossible things? He can, and he has. Can you think back about something you prayed for and you were consistent and you prayed and God answered? He's good all the time. I usually have my wife with me, so I don't know how I'll do on this, but I'm going to close with this song. And if you've uh, listened to the Gaithers, the first video, when was that, 20-some years ago, that first one they put out, Kenny? Somewhere around there. I believe this was on that first video, then uh, several other groups picked it up. Prayer is the key to heaven. So I'm going to close with this. And you can still beat the Baptists to the Shonies, okay? Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. Words are so easily spoken. Prayer without faith is like a boat without an oar. Have faith when you speak to the master. That's all he asks you for. Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. How many times have you prayed for something big or small? How long did you have to wait or did the answer come at all? Words are a mere expression of thought and nothing more. But believing, yes, believing, my friend, is what really counts. And faith, yes, faith, is what unlocks the door. Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. Words are so easily spoken. Prayer without faith is like a boat without an oar. Have faith when you speak to the master. That's all he asks you for. Prayer is the key to heaven. But faith unlocks the door. I'll close with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you again for this time. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people that are faithful and keep the doors open and lights on and keep uh, the invitation that's always been the same. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.